Hi, shippers. Welcome to a special episode of We Ship It. Today, we are dissecting Cress and Thorn from the Lunar Chronicles. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to We Ship It, the podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guest, Gabin Goss, about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. That's right. And today we are talking, oh, we are taking it back yeah. to the Lunar Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> As you probably remember, we talked Cinder and Kai with the author, Marissa Meyer. Thank you for all the love on that episode. Yep, we love Lunar so, so much that we knew we had to come back to talk about the other amazing couples because there are a bunch in this book, they, in this series. And they are pretty amazing. They're freaking great. <laughs> she can write the hell out of a romantic scene, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, she so, knows what she's up to. She does. So today we're talking specifically about Cress and Thorn. That's right. And we wanted to welcome a special guest to talk about it with us so everyone say hi to bethany hi <laughs> bethany is I the love creator special guests i feel very you're very special, special. <laughs> you are <laughs> bethany is the creator and host of the prince kai fan pod where she discusses all things marissa meyer and more Woo. each episode bethany along with her guests break down chapter by chapter a part of one of marissa's beloved books right now i think she's in the middle of winter but has mm-hmm. since covered all the books in Lunar Chronicles and had bonus episodes along the way. So you should definitely be checking them out. Um, And if you aren't already listening, you should definitely should. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Welcome, Bethany. So excited to have you. Um, So before we hop into the discussion, I want to provide our traditional spoiler alert, because if you haven't finished Lunar Chronicles, we're going to be going into plot details. So just watch out for that. Unless you don't care, then listen on. Um, so <laughs> from there, let's move on to our summary. And it's super brief because I just want most of this episode to be all of your awesome expertise on the Lunar Chronicles. So <laughs> anyway, we meet Carswell Thorne in the first book, actually, which I kind of forgot. I read it way back, but I forgot we met him immediately in the first book at the end in the prison scene where she's like imprisoned. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I I don't remember meeting yeah. him in the first. We book. did at the end of the first book when she's in prison, like after the whole like. Is there thing. just like a one liner? It's from just him? a one liner, right? So she meets him in the prison, and then they break out together. And that's when is this in the last book? It's like right after, or maybe we see. Do we meet him originally in Scarlet? Like we meet him I, in Scarlet. I think at the very in beginning. The cells, and then they in the cells. Him. Okay, there's, that's there's what only it is. two <laughs> scenes at the with the prison. There's the one scene. Um, where she's sitting there, like missing Kai's smile from yes. the market. That might be and it. And there's this scene where Doctor Airlon. Yeah, shows that's up who it is. Says, okay, and says, I mean, yes. I want to. You're right. You're right. I, I was yeah. just thinking of him in the prison, and I don't know why, but in my head, that was at the end of the book. So we actually I mean, meet him. It is. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's at the very beginning of of Scarlet. Yes, in like the fourth chapter. It's pretty close to the beginning. This is why we invite guests on to talk about <laughs> these things. <laughs> Get your stuff together. (laughs) Yeah, get your shit together. But, okay, so we eventually, we meet him in the second book, I guess, in the prison when they break out from the prison. But at least I had that in here, that they met escaping from the prison. (laughs) On their travels together, trying to defeat Queen Levana from ruling, 
They meet many interesting characters such as Scarlet, Wolf, Winter, etc. One of the most fascinating characters is Cress. Oh, I love Cress, who previously lived on a satellite for years under the Queen's orders under Sybil Mira, which, oh, I hate that woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. Um, as an outsider, before ever meeting the group, she had a huge crush on Thorn from above, and she works to try and sabotage the queen kind of as she's going. Um, the crew eventually ends up splitting up, and Thorn, you know, goes to get her, um, coming to get Cress and Sybil, her keeper. Sybil turns off the satellite, leaving Thorn and Cress to kind of die, or she thinks. It's not the way it happens. So throughout the third book, Cress, Cress and Thorn travel through the Sahara Desert. Thorn, injured from the fall, is blinded, and Cress has to safely get him around. It is in this time that they become rather close, and they learn more about each other. We're, that's mainly what we're going to be talking about in this episode. They go through many, many highs and lows. There's jealousy squabbles, kidnappings, <laughs> but in the final book, they end up together as he asks her to join his crew. So that is kind of the short version of Crescent Thorn. So good. Yep. We love to hear it. And we're excited <laughs> so to dive in. <laughs> it's so hard to like minimize an entire um, it historical. <laughs> yeah. Like if I tried to do that with my relationship, I don't even know what I'd nope. say. I'd be like, I, where do I start? What do I include? Like what's valuable information? Yep. <laughs> That's why I really shortened awesome. it. I was like. We're going to do more analysis than summary in this podcast. <laughs> the only thing I would add to the summary is that they are a Rapunzel love story retelling. That is, is true. A, that is a good point to bring up. Which I, I think is very impactful on different parts of their um, their the romance yep. between the two of them. Aces mm-hmm. is all that hair? <laughs> Freaking I love it. it. I love that he's got like a gambling problem. I love it. So when he curses, he says like aces, spades. Like it's such a cute way to like contribute to the character. Because yes. everybody else says stars above yeah. or in the known universe. Yeah. But but he has his own little special thing and it all ties back to the fact that he's got a, a gambling, gambling problem. Issue. Yep. <laughs> Favorite. We love it. All right, we're going to dive right into our questions now. So how has Cress's time in her satellite impacted her view on love? And how would you classify it? And does her view have any merit? I know it's a loaded question. There's a lot of loaded it questions. Is, I will say that there are a lot of loaded questions. For this one. <laughs> um, I would say that, well, first of all, she gets to end up with her crush, and that's so unfair. Like, I don't get to marry AJ from Backstreet Boys, so it seems a like shame. a little unfair. That it is she's very like, unfair. She's like, I have a crush on this celebrity, and then they fall in love. Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. Jerk. <laughs> um, I love this question, though. It definitely changes her view on love, because her only, inter- her only interpretation of love is going to be from... Um, entertainment purposes so you know net dramas is basically all she has and net dramas are notorious for you get multiple types of love stories i guess but we're talking about a young girl so she's experienced love from the eyes of all these characters and all these writers who've written these stories for her and it's kind of made her this this hopeless romantic who just yes. assumes that all of this stuff is real. So, so they survive the mission and she's like, okay, well we kiss now, right? Like that's what happens in a net <laughs> drama. We escaped death. So now we're going to kiss. And then it was like, okay, well then this happens. So now we live happily ever after, right? Like that's what, that's happens, what happens in the story. So I think it's hard on her 
later on because she realizes that that's so not the right. way real life works. Right. But, you know, I, I remember feeling that way as a kid, as a teenager. I remember thinking, like, someday I'll meet someone, we'll fall in love, and we'll live happily ever after. Like, that'll be it. Mm-hmm. There's no other – there's nothing else involved, right? Mm-hmm. You just live happily ever that after. That high school and, crush. Yes. Right. I was for sure going to marry my high school boyfriend yeah. when I was 16. <laughs> I was dead set on that. And my mom was my mom was hardcore, like, like please no. talk to me in, like, two years. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I think you're, you're so right. I think Cress is a dreamer. And we see it throughout mm-hmm. her whole experience of having to learn the world and learn about love. And much of her experience is from above. Like, what, what, what gets me is that she has so little human contact that – it kind of does. It, it puts her head in the clouds about what it means to be in a relationship and what it means to be a person in the world as well and in society. And that makes her a little bit naive, which makes me sad to say because I love her yeah. character. But she is. And when she experiences bigger feelings, like the jealousy that she experiences, um, where is it, when they're at that casino or whatever, um, she mm-hmm. gets so enraged and she doesn't know how to deal with it. She doesn't know how to tell oh, when him. when he's flirting with the Android, yeah. right? When he's fl- and yeah. it's just, but she doesn't know it's an Android. I know. And he's stupid. Way to blow your <laughs> cover. Is You're stupid. supposed to be on your honeymoon. Like, I can't stand. Come on, Thorne. Can't stand it. Got one job. <laughs> you can see it in all these different ways that it impacts her view on love and the way that she goes about doing things because she just doesn't know how to like interact with him, to tell him her feelings, right. like any of that. Um, well, she can't even respond to him on the video. The first time they meet on oh, video, she hides under her desk for like deep. three minutes before she before she can deep. even talk to them. She reminds me of at the very beginning. Um, I'm going to bring up Bang Big Big. Excuse me, Big Bang Theory again because yeah. I just finished. Of it. course, you are. Um, <laughs> but Amy Fa- uh, Farrah Fowler, when she is realizing that she has romantic feelings for. Um, Sheldon, she gets like she gets like eeps like moments. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so she, we're gonna move yes. on, Devin, because we have Absolutely. so many in-depth questions. I know. I here. won't. I won't chime in. I was okay. reading them and I was like, "Damn, we have a lot to talk about." But They're okay. So, second question: Cress quickly forms an infatuation with Thorn from the very start. How does she deal with her unrequited love, and what advice would you give to someone going through this? Well, she doesn't deal with it well. No. Um, I didn't give you enough peanut butter, mister. That would be Scamp, special guest Scamp Scamp. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Scamp. (laughs) Um, He frequently guests on my podcast. Mm -hmm. I think that her infatuation very much influences all of these interactions she has with Thorne that could have gone very differently. Think about... Cinder or Scarlet or even Ico in this satellite crashing with Thorn. There wouldn't have been the concern of of her having a crush on him or her delirium causing her to, you know, tell him that she loved him right. with this fever. The kiss that meant more to her than she wanted it to and more to him so than she sad. realized. Mm-hmm. Um, the separation that she had no idea caused so much agony for him. The The lunar in the palace in book four that was flirting with him. And she's like, oh, you know, there's there's so much in their relationship that um, just wouldn't have been the way it was if she wasn't so infatuated, if she wasn't so 
I, I obsessed is a harsh word, but she really is devoted to the, the concepts of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and dealing with unrequited love, it's hard because I don't want to recommend against it. I think love in an unrequited form is still something that you can experience and learn from. Yes. And there's something kind of magical about having a first crush and looking back on it. And um, my husband and I met when I was 15. And we didn't start dating until I was 19, and we've been together for over a decade now. But I I still remember what it was like to, like, Mm -hmm. have the butterflies. You know, I remember what it was like in the beginning of, like, is he going to hold my hand? Is he going to, you know, he just walked me home. What comes next? And, like, we've been friends for five years. How do we transition from that to, like, a romantic entanglement? So I think having unrequited love is just the same as stuff like that. Like it's all finding out how to navigate the world and going through an unrequited love can really help you identify the signs of what real love looks like. So when it finally exactly. comes along, you know exactly how it feels. hundred no. percent. I don't know if I answered. You definitely anything. did. You did. <laughs> you did. Devin, what are your thoughts? It's fine. Um, but no, I agree. She very poorly, um deals with the situation <laughs> um but she's kind of like thrown into it like she's forced mm-hmm. into dealing with her feelings for thorn right like They're... most of us have a celebrity crush yep. from afar from afar exactly and it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> she's like oh you're coming <laughs> she you're, meets you're, hers you're coming in real here? life <laughs> you're coming to my satellite you're coming you're coming here to pick AJ me up never All showed right. up at my house like, <laughs> 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 um and then the whole satellite crashing and them stranded like it's just like it's a unusual circumstance where they're forced to figure out this whole relationship thing mm-hmm. um but she fantasizes a relationship with thorn and they're meeting and him sweeping her off her feet like it's all just overly fantasized she builds them up in her mind and waits for the moments to happen mm-hmm. um and when they don't she's disappointed um to answer the second part, I think the best thing to do is to let the person know you're interested. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it helps if they're familiar that you are interested. Yes. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> um, and then see how they reciprocate that. If if not, like if they don't reciprocate it well, then I wouldn't encourage you to not lose hope, but also don't wait on it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want to be the person that says to lose hope because it's healthy to hope right yeah um, but at the same time you want to you want to encourage like no means no so, so moving on yeah, don't, don't let it don't get linger. to the don't, don't let it get to the point of like harassment <laughs> exactly. or stalking or like exactly. you know hours on their instagram yeah. page or anything like it that it kills me because i think when it in this situation and a lot of people can relate to being young and naive in general is that mm-hmm. she is quiet for so long about it and it's like she continues to pine for him. And I, I don't know. That's the thing about unrequited love that I so often when I'm reading a book and I'm like, just tell him already or just like kiss him already, <laughs> you know. But I think it's something we can all relate to. When I was young, I had crushes that I was like, there's no way in heck that I'm saying anything <laughs> to this person. But I think that's something that um, I would tell most people who are in these situations is just communication is key. Like if you want to either get with this person or get moving on, like it, it needs to be addressed. Um, as much as it's appropriate, you know, if someone else is with someone else, that's a different story. But in this case, like, 
just go for it, man. No, but I, I think you're right. The only time she really acknowledges her feelings is when they're in the desert. And he thinks that her saying, I love you, is just, just delirious. she... It's just delirium, mm-hmm. and she got jealous of the android girl, but he never learned about that. He just thought she got kidnapped, and <laughs> so when true. he got her back, it was just... So, like, from the outside perspective, he kissed her because he didn't want her to die without being kissed, and it was a promise, but remember the conversation after that where she admitted that she had a crush on yep. him and that she thinks maybe he wasn't the man she thought he yes. was, and he's like, I'm not. yes. And then he was blind, so he couldn't see her, like, her face, stolen or, glances yeah, yeah, yeah. and blushing every time he talked to her. And and then when they get to Luna, they're separated almost immediately. Right. So it's very much neither one of them saying Saying what they anything. feel. And I think with Thorne, mm-hmm. it's harder to tell, though, like, what he's feeling. That, and we'll talk more about this later, like, when did Thorne fall for her? Like... I think it's harder for the reader to really get a good grasp on that than with her. She's so obvious, but he misses the signs that are obvious because of things like you said. He wouldn't see those stolen so, so does everybody else. Yeah. The only person that points it out is Kai. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kai, when they're on the ship returning him to Earth, Kai says, like, he pokes the bear just As a little he should. <laughs> and he either. asks Thorne about Cress, and he's like, and Thorne has this reaction, and Kai is like, I knew it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but no, nobody it. else notices anything. <laughs> They're just like, oh, she's so tiny and awkward. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we get too far into our rabbit hole, we're going to dive into another question. Um, after meeting, these two are stranded in the desert. We already mentioned this. Um, and clearly, two brand new people. Mm-hmm. How does their journey together shape their relationship? Ooh. Well, for one, I love that Thorne gets blinded falling out yes. of the satellite because the satellite is essentially Rapunzel's tower. Yep. And in the original Rapunzel, he lost his eyesight by falling out of her tower <laughs> and um, his eyes were damaged by bushes the thorns of thorns. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so I love that that's how he loses his sight and that his name is So Thorne. brilliant the way she um, puts all this together. She's amazing. Literally so good. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, But I I think that the journey they have is significant more so for Thorne. Mm -hmm. Thorne does not care about other people. I cannot stress that enough. (laughs) Cinder is a a means. Cinder is a tool he can use to get out of prison. Why does he stay with her? Because he has no other options and he thinks that her weird lunar powers are keeping his ship hidden. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, it's not until he's he feels personally responsible for the life of another human being that he really starts to change. Yep. He really starts to feel, and I'm not saying this is romantic. I just think like he feels a responsibility to Cress exactly. because she's never, she doesn't know anything except what the 600 square feet of her, her satellite. She doesn't even have shoes. I know. <laughs> like, which Walk I walk around I, the I know, hot Mar- sand. Marissa barefoot. and I argued about this, but I think he should have given her his socks but that's oh. another story. <laughs> he got boots and gave her towel shoes. Give her your socks. Um. Anyways, <laughs> Marissa and I had a whole conversation on that. Go listen. To <laughs> yes. <this again>. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that what changes Thorne so much is just that he he didn't really know he was capable of this kind of care for another person. Yep. You know, 
we find out in Stars Above that even as a child, he didn't want to be responsible. So when he got a pet, he made sure it was a robot so that he wouldn't have to be responsible Worry for taking it, care yeah. of it and keeping it alive. And and now he's responsible for this girl that he doesn't even know. And he has to keep her alive, keep her safe, find a way out of the desert, and all while he's blind. <sighs> Love it. I think yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great so because easy, right? they both have to learn about trust. And I'm not saying necessarily mm-hmm. to trust in any type of way, but they both have to learn about what trust means and what responsibility means. Um, they're both in their own way naive, like you said. And like Cress has to learn to trust a little bit less and Thorn has to learn to trust a little bit more. Um, you know, he's learning how to live in this world without sight. And like you said, he doesn't really have the responsibility thing down. So it's a whole thing. And then she is learning to see the world in general because she's really yes. never been there. Um, so they kind of teach each other so, so much about trust and like like you were saying, like for him, it's how do I take care of another person? And for her, it's like, how do I like live anywhere? How do I do any of these things? How so do I survive? I know. Well, she's responsible too. She yep. has to lead them around. I she know. has she's to be his the one eyes. that's like, this is this star in the sky, which I could never do. I know. Um, she has to be the one that's like, there's a strange animal and someone shot it. This is, you know, this is what the city looks mm-hmm. like. This is what the people mm-hmm. look like. So she has to be responsible too, but in a very different yeah. way. Isn't because... the first question that he asked, like, what do you see? And she's like, it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's the same with the the animal was a really scary scene mm-hmm. for uh, him because she screams and then there's a gunshot mm-hmm. and then she doesn't say a single word right because she's and repeatedly he's like crest crest are you okay on, yeah. what's going on and she still doesn't talk because she's just she's so scared yeah. of the mm-hmm. situation but he's blind and all he heard was a girl scream yeah. and a gunshot oh that's scary it's so dramatic <laughs> I know. but i do i do love their journey together yes. um in the desert mm-hmm. um just the idea of like her being his eyes and um, it's really touching to see her view Earth and just be in a constant state of awe and wonder in the world. It is touching. Um, it's so cute. <laughs> Doesn't both... it make you want to put more appreciation into life? Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, so. Oh, go ahead. Go right ahead. I was going to say something else is like he has to learn how to truly like take responsibility for her admiration of him, I think is another mm-hmm. thing to yeah. take the responsibility of okay, well, as he's starting to see maybe she might have feelings for me or something, and she's a little naive creature. Like, he can't just be going out and, like, not caring about her feelings and making her jealous and, like, all of these things. He has to be more careful with her feelings because she feels so much and she's she's learning so many new things that Mm -hmm. I think her admiration is something that scares him and he doesn't fully understand, like, how it should impact him and how that admiration, even if he doesn't necessarily reciprocate it in all moments, like that admiration gives him the responsibility of like taking care of her in these moments. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I, the two of, well, I think, I think the admiration goes further than even that because she has this scene with him where he's like, I'm not a hero. And she's like, yes, you are. What about this thing you did? And this thing you did? And this thing you did? And us as a reader, we're like, Girl, that's all crap. Yeah. <laughs> but she's so naive. She's like, he's such a hero. Yes. Like, why doesn't everyone so he, see it? <laughs> so she finally admits all of this, and even even then, he's like, Chris, I, 
Do you really think I stole the necklace to give androids to old people? I wanted money. I let the tiger out because I thought, cool, now I have a pet tiger. Like, right. I didn't do... he. None of that stuff that he did was heroic yes. or selfless or even remotely redeemable. And when he finds out that she's, like, glorified him into this mm-hmm. pedestal of a human that he can't live up to, he's like, I gotta shut this down Well, now. what Real is quick. respectable <laughs> about it is that he's honest. Is, is that he doesn't take mm-hmm. advantage of a girl who truly views him as like something more than he even believes himself. He could be. have easily been like, "Yep, that's, that's me. me." But yep. I think he recognizes this is different than just all the other girls that are like obsessed with mm-hmm. him. Like, I, I that's something that I think is so beautiful about it is that he's just honest with her, and then she learns to love him for who he is. So yeah, okay. And she grows leaps and bounds too. But yes, continuing. Next question. Got to move on. So I'm assuming this name means that someone requested this question, Devin. Is yes, that right? Yes, gave us this question. Okay, That's so correct. this question. I want to know if it's Shan Lightyear. It's, it says Shannon. It does say Shannon. Devin, do yes, we know I the details? Shan Lightyear is a very, very talented Instagram artist, but she's also yes. a Patreon member oh, of awesome. mine. Exactly. Hi. This is exactly what we're talking Hi, about Hi, Shan Lightyear. <laughs> this is exciting. Okay, so this was her question. Thorn struggles with being identified as a hero throughout the series. Why is this so difficult for him? And how does Cress help him with his inner conflict? Oh, I think I just accidentally talked about this. <laughs> a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I stand by that. I think that, I think that she identifies him as a hero. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. I also think a great moment is when Kai, again, Kai is in the pod and they're taking him back to Earth. And Kai is like, why don't you just stop being an idiot, start being a good guy, and then it'll be okay that she thinks you're a good guy because you'll actually be a A good good guy. guy. But then the second he gets back to the ship, he's like, he makes a joke about like, some people would do uh, all this heroic stuff because it's the right thing to do. And immediately everybody just stares at him. So he takes it back. He's insecure <laughs> so, about just it. Just kidding. Just yes, kidding. No yes. big deal. So like, I mean, there are parts of it where I think that there are parts of it where I think that the heroics mean more to her than him. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a turning point where he takes a lot of consideration of what Kai says. And he really starts to think, Maybe I could be a hero if I just did things that a hero would do. And mm-hmm. so that's what he starts to do that changes everything for both of yep. them. Exactly. Um, I think it really comes down to him not seeing himself as worthy, like you were kind of mentioning. Um, he only sees himself for his past and what he has done and not for what he can be, in a sense. Um he doesn't see his potential. And I think many of us can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um we get stuck in who we think we are and we don't become who we're meant to be. Um and he's not wrong. Crest does put him on a pedestal and only mm-hmm. sees him as this good, really heroic type of guy, um, which isn't healthy in her sense. Um, but he struggles yeah. to see it himself. So she needs to open his eyes to see, help him see the person that she sees um, when she looks at him. I think we all need that perception of like, what? how do other people view us? And we need to see ourselves as other people would view us in a sense. I don't know. I'm trying to say in that the best, like, uh, <laughs> like how I see Stephanie. It's nice to be seen. Yeah. Correct. It's nice to be seen. And, yeah. and like how I see Steph is different from how she sees herself. Yep. So she needs mm-hmm. to, she needs to sometimes see how I see her to really appreciate Aww, who she is. Devin. <laughs> you did it. I think though, I think though that she has a real, like, what she ends up doing is encouraging him to become a better person because yeah the mm-hmm. way that she sees him i think 
the way that she sees him is not necessarily accurate. So like mm-hmm. telling for her to be like, oh, like you're really a good guy. And then he like takes her down and he's like, well, actually this, actually this. I think from there, she's kind of the catalyst to like help him start to make the changes, which I love that you brought that scene up that like he was like kind of joking about being heroic and then he got insecure <laughs> about it. That like perfectly shows. Well, something I forgot to mention um, in that scene back in Crest, I can't tell you the page number, but for some reason I'm like, it's on the bottom right hand paragraph. Mm. Um, there's that scene where she's like, you did this and you did that. And he's like, I didn't do any of those things. I'm not a hero. Yeah. She thinks, but didn't you do this in the desert for me? Didn't you yes, do this when, when she we starts to get personal? Didn't you, didn't you kiss me on the rooftop right when we were about to die, despite the fact that we were in battle and our friends were in trouble? Mm-hmm. Like, how are those things not heroic? And she thinks all of that, but it goes back to what Stephanie was saying about Say it. unrequited. <laughs> no one's saying it out loud. But I can't believe I forgot that, that even when he tells her, like, th- those things don't make me heroic, she just... She's like, yeah, but all of these other things do. Her mind just goes to the next, like, little thing with him. She's like, okay, he he thinks he's not a great guy. She's always trying to redeem him. Yes, she is. Which which makes her even more adorable. It does. (laughs) Indeed. Kills me. Go ahead, Devin. (laughs) All right, next. What are some of your favorite Cresswell moments? Let me hear them. The butterfly scene. Obviously. He picks her up on puts her on the table because she's like a foot tall. And he gives her kisses. And then some idiot walks in the room and ruins it for everyone. Oh my gosh. And like I said before, (laughs) Meyer just she just writes like a scene. And you should see some of the fan art for that scene. Oh, I bet. And when Shan Lightyear has some great ones. I love it. So I'll look them up. But I was looking on Google just to see like what came up. And when I put Crescent Thorn kissing, it was just a photo of the page, like hundreds of photos of the page because people just (laughs) want to read it. They want to read it over and over. I said the same thing. If I I had to pick a different scene, just because that one is like obviously everybody's favorite, I would say the scene at Maha's house. There's a scene at Maha's house where Scarlet and Winter show up and Scarlet yes. is like you have a message and when Cress's face pops up on the screen Thorn runs across the room <laughs> to just like gawk at her desperately and I think that's kind of beautiful too. Yeah. I I said also the kiss scene but I I will say also I love any moment that Cress is talking herself through something like using her imagination (laughs) and as Thorne starts to realize what she's doing and he kind of like jokes about it but he just loves it about her too I'm like I am an explorer (laughs) how many little girls like are reading this and they're just like I do that too and like it encourages I do that now like when I'm on a run and I don't feel like running I'm like what if someone was chasing you then you want to run it (laughs) yep yep so I love all those little moments with with Cress she just she's my favorite character i would say same Um, same. and we'll talk more about favorite couple later but cress is definitely my favorite character (laughs) uh devin what about you i know that you have some moments i i'm a big fan of his promise that he won't let her die without being kissed i think that is i mean it's kind of just like cliche and also just like his throwaway comment, but he yep. keeps mm-hmm. up with it. Like he, he falls through. So like, <laughs> He's a man of his word commitment. to her, at least. Exactly. That's <laughs> commitment. Um, that rooftop scene was also great. Um, but also one that wasn't mentioned was um, when he hands her the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also like a very like 
go be heroic. Mm-hmm. You got this. <laughs> well, she even says that. She she tells herself, she's like, be heroic. I could do and this. And that's like the end of the chapter. And I love it. It is. It's great. another what Stephanie was saying about like her inner monologue coming so out where she, you know, be heroic. I'm an explorer. She literally is so cute. Um, <laughs> but moving on, we have another guest question here from Catalina. Hi, Catalina. Um, <laughs> do you think Thorin was oblivious to Cress's feelings for him because he viewed them as childish fantasies and that's why he didn't see himself falling for Cress? Or do you think he knew that he wasn't the person she believed him to be and that's why he acted oblivious? I really, I genuinely think it's the first one until after the desert. Yep. Mm. Thorn does not put much thought into anything. I I don't have it in me to believe that Thorn would have like some kind of inner epiphany where he's like, I wonder if she's falling for me. What should I do to prevent her from, do-? you know, yeah. like, I don't think he takes anything seriously nope. until she's like, I think I'm in love with you. And that's when he's like, oh, shit. Well, I gotta do. I gotta shut this yeah. down. <laughs> I gotta shut this down now. And then she's like, "Well, look at all this stuff you did that makes you a hero." And he's like, "Okay, I wasn't effective the first time, but <laughs> like, <we> let <laughs> me do this I one think, more time." <laughs> I think prior to like those moments where he had to, I think basically prior to him rescuing her in Farafra, it was just the first one. It was a childish fantasy, and that yep. was it. Yeah, I actually do agree. I think he was oblivious for a little while. Until yeah. he was forced I, to face it. Go I ahead, think Devin. it's a mix of both. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a mix of both. I think he at first views her as, um, I don't know, maybe like, do you remember the sweet life of Zach and Cody? Yes. Of course. <laughs> so <laughs> these two kind of remind me of how Maddie treats Zach's infatuation with her. <laughs> yes. How she's like, nah. He's like, ah. And she's like. No, <laughs> chill out. I am. Well, I know that d- the issues are different. She's like, I'm older. Like, I don't like you're but just a does. kid. That but but sense. it still resembles that. Like, OK, you see me as this, but you got to like you got to calm down a little bit. You yeah, got to yeah. you got to see it for what it is. You need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swift. Always. Um, um, but I also deeply believe that he doesn't pursue Crest because he doesn't think he's good enough for her later on. Um, he has this complex that tells him he's too broken for her in a sense. Like he's too much of this bad guy. Um, even um, he even says that he fell in love, that she fell in love with the wrong guy. Like she fell in love with this, yeah. per- this person that's not him. Uh, and then the doctor kind of like puts him in his places like, um, but you can be like <laughs> she might have fallen for someone that you that you can become. So why why are you holding yourself back from that? Mm-hmm. So. I really do think that conversation with Kai is such a turning point for him. Yes. And we're going to um, because talk about that. Very he even admits shortly to well. Kai very awkwardly. He's like, she uh, she even had a crush on me. Weird, right? <laughs> and then exactly. there's like this awkward silence where it's like, it's not weird because you obviously have a crush yep. on her, but whatever. Yep. Like, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Devin, good segue for the next question then. Oh, yeah. no. It's two <laughs> questions away. It's two questions away. We'll, okay. get, there. we'll get there. We'll get there. The segue will Slowly remain. Slowly but surely. Um, next. We know that Crest falls immediately for Thorn, but when do you think Thorn falls for her? And how is this love unconventional? I think he started to fall for her when he got his eyesight back. Okay. 
I think he started to really appreciate and genuinely care about her after he rescued her. But I think he started to fall for her when he got his eyesight back and he really saw the amount of work and effort she was putting into these the gang and how much she really cared about him and mm-hmm. everybody else. Yep. And I think he knew it was real love when they got separated on Luna. I think the amount of agony that the caused separation. him, he was like, this much, <laughs> this must be love. Because also, like, he saw how Wolf reacted mm-hmm. to being separated from Scarlet. And so when he felt that after I Press feel was that taken way away, too. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was like, it must be love. It's love for Scarlet and the, her alpha dude. So I must have love too. Yeah. Like, I think that was a big turning point for him. That's, That's a awesome. really good point. And I, I can't say like we know exactly the time, but I think that you're mm-hmm. right. Like, um, and I, I can't even definitively say like that we know that it's not a little bit even from the beginning when they meet. But we, we don't get like too much of Thorne's perspective on these things. But I do know that mm-hmm. he is so guarded for most of the books. Like he just kind of jokes stuff off for the whole time, um, especially when it comes to her. And so I think he holds himself back. And that's why whenever he's forced into like a panic mode, like she's kidnapped or when, you know, he involuntarily like stabs her at one point. Like that's <laughs> those are the moments where he, his guards his gu- making love so oh, hard. <laughs> well, oh my god! But so those are the moments where he is not guarded because he's forced of like he's forced to take down his guards his guard because like he cares just so much about her. Yeah. So what's um what's that quote from Pride and Prejudice? Ooh. I was in the middle before I knew I had begun. Yes. I, like, when she asks him, she says, well, when did you know you were in love with me? He's basically like, I don't know. There's too many there are. moments that built up to it. And by the time I realized I was in love with you, I was really, I was falling hard. Right. And I think that's probably what it is for Thorin. Could we identify one moment? No. But I think we could maybe identify a couple smaller moments that led up to the point right. where he he really started to understand his own feelings. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'd agree, and I, I like like you said, Steph. I think he just builds up a wall against her, and yeah. then she like chisels it slowly <laughs> and cutely. <Slowly. laughs> um, okay, um, so we talked a lot about this. <laughs> See, this is why I should read the questions <laughs> beforehand. I'm like, I'm like, I won't read them, and then I won't have any like. Pretty biased. Ideas. Yeah. It'll all be like organic. And now I'm like, well, I've already no, mentioned half this stuff. Like, <laughs> you're fine. Let's talk more specifically about it. So, Kai and sure. Thorne share a bro moment and help each other through their girl problems. Girl problems. Uh, first, <laughs> how do they help? And do you think it's important to have a support system when it comes to relationships? I mean, yes, but I think your biggest support system in a relationship should be the other person in the relationship. Um, Yeah, I think also this moment is really fun because you think it's all about Kai helping Thorne, but Thorne helps Kai, too. Kai has this moment. Thorne is like, your girlfriend, the cyborg, and Kai is like, does she call me her boyfriend? And then later, in that same scene, he's like... (laughs) Uh, Thorne is like, and your girlfriend, and Kai is like, and my girlfriend. That's like, right. I said it. <laughs> Heck yeah. He goes from the beginning where he's like, does she call me her boyfriend? And then the end of the plane ride, the ride in the pod ship, and he's like, that's my girl. So, like, I think this scene gets a lot of credit to Thorne, but there's, there's a, it's a kind of a big moment for Kai, too, yep. because he acknowledges obviously he's, he's, he said perf- before that he was falling for her, but like, he acknowledges this this sort of title, which can seem insignificant, but 
you know, it's kind of like, do you want to go steady? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let's define this puppy. <laughs> Let's define this. Um, in very general terms, I think they just allow each other to vent. Um, they don't try and solve the problem. They don't try and fix anything. They just act as a listening ear yep. and help the other through what they are dealing with. They make suggestions and say like, and just say like, "Well, aren't you?" They, I yeah. think it's more like the questioning, like therapist. In a sense. Thank God they help each other realize. <laughs> it's like things. the way people. It's like the way some people teach. Like my husband is an instructor, instructor, instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what he does when he's teaching is he'll ask a question. Do you mm-hmm. think that was the right thing yep. to do? Right. Do you think that's appropriate behavior? Like it's it's getting them to really not giving them the answer, but leading them to how to find Their the own answer on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-discovery. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think it's essential to have some kind of support system. You absolutely need one when it comes to relationships, whether it be for emotional support or simply just to have a new set of ears. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only be the best, your best, when you have your best surrounding you, mm-hmm. in a sense. So. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, ultimately, I don't think it's required to have a good relationship that you're, like, gossiping about it. But I think oh, that what's no. important is that you're able to decompress and think about things, like, on the side as well. Um, I think you guys covered the Kai and Thorn <laughs> communicating, but I, I'd say overall, like, I think it's a good thing to have someone to kind of, um, if you need someone to, to bounce ideas off of, to just talk about your relationship a little bit, bit more. Um, exactly. But, or someone just to complain to. Yes, to vent. <laughs> you to know, vent. That's nice sometimes. I remember my husband went out for drinks with one of his friends and he came home and he was like, it was so much fun. We just talked shit about our wives. <laughs> the entire time. I was, like, I was like, what did you do? He was like, I got to complain about how how you hate when I leave clothes on the floor, ah! even though there's a hamper. Uh, how you don't like when I leave dishes yep. and then you find them and they're all gross. Yeah. And like, it was great. They were all like, my wife does yeah. that too. And I felt seen. And I'm like, good there you for go. you. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> I'm glad you needed that moment. Listen, venting is important so you don't keep those things yeah. inside. And then... And it just becomes it even worse and let it fester and everything. So I agree. And also just to get and it's nice if you can do it with like minded people. Yes. Like when, you know if you do, if you do it with friends like what he did, they can basically you know oh no she didn't and he could be like right like <laughs> it's this validation yes. that you get from it self gratification <laughs> yep. from this like they got my back they understand my struggles they know me because it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next one. Um, this is coming from a quote. Maybe there isn't such a thing as fate. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. opportunities we're given and what we do with them. I'm beginning to think that maybe great epic romances don't just happen. We have to make them ourselves. What are your thoughts here? Mm-hmm. And is love all about chance? And how do Cress and Thorn take their chances at love? To a certain extent, there is some chance involved, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in order for my husband and I to even meet, because we grew up in the same small farm town and we went to the same high school oh. and we never met. Oh, no. Until I started working at Hardee's. Now, in order for me to get a job at Hardee's, I had to leave my job at McDonald's. But why did I work at McDonald's? Because my mom's friend hired me and I needed a job. Why did I need a job? I had to pay for my apartment. Why did I have an apartment? So that's a whole thing, right? But then how did my husband start working at Hardee's? He had to pay for his van. How did he have to pay for the van? Well, his parents got him this. 
he was working at Dairy Queen. He didn't like it. All his friends worked at Hardee's, so now he works at Hardee's. Like, there is some chance in terms of, like, how you're going to meet someone, yep. you know? Um, but I think, I think other than that, it's totally right. It also reminds me of a friend, a quote from friends where she says, like, I don't believe in soulmates. I think we're two people who met and we chose to love each other and we work hard at our relationship. Yes. Um, I think it's totally, I mean, there are some things that are chance, like what, you know, intricately what I described is kind of crazy, but that's how, that's how things happen. It's the penny effect, but I think that in terms of what this quote really means, I think it's 100% accurate. And I think it's so important for Cress to to realize that great epic romances are what you make them, but they're not going to be what comes out of a fairy tale yeah. or story or a net drama. Right. Um, you have to take those chances. And, and, do, and does chance affect their love? I mean, in terms of how they met, yes. How did they meet? Thorne had to be in prison at the same time as Cinder. How did he get in prison? How did he get in a cell that was solitary? Why was he in a solitary cell uh, by himself? You know, it's 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 this big, huge, convoluted thing. <laughs> and that's life, right? Like, that is how all relationships kind of form and all situations come about. But, And I think you're totally right. Love is not, like, all about chance. It takes some work um, if it is true love and you're going to stay together in the end. But it is funny because we do see that some things are left up to chance with them. You know, the fact that they were forced to spend a ton of time together alone. They were separated from the whole group. He was blind. Like, they learned all of these things because of the chances that... because of the chance of the things that were happening to them and that's fate I mean at least that's what I believe that those things are fate but it's what you do with those moments of fate and I think that's what she's saying it's what you do with those moments reckoning and grappling and working hard that's what makes the relationships good or bad Um, so I I think there's a little bit of chance there's a little bit of fate in every relationship um, but ultimately it does take the hard work to to get something good and I I think that's what ultimately has to happen with Crescent Thorn throughout the desert throughout all the bad situations and then ultimately um, coming together in the end when they're actually ready to be together Um, but yeah does that make sense sorry the dog just jumped in my lap so I'm trying to it's okay (laughs) I keep like looking down like shh quiet (laughs) Devin you have any thoughts um in some regards, yes, chance does have a hand when it comes to love, but ultimately it comes down to the choices you make. Mm-hmm. Um, love mm-hmm. needs the investment of time, commitment, nurturing, and patience. While chance is in the moment, choice is for a lifetime, and Crescent Thorn are a slow burn. Very slow. They slowly, yes. <laughs> they Which slowly, yeah, exactly. Slow burn. <laughs> they slowly take more and more leaps at love. It takes time, but eventually they begin to understand each other and mm-hmm. themselves more, and they. Hi, puppy. Uh, and they realize it's, <laughs> it's not just your puppy. He's terrified of rain, Aww. so he's like poor little guy freaking out. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, it's all about why. Is your puppy going off, Devin? <laughs> Mine's also going off. Yeah. Uh, but they slowly just understand each other, and then they realize, like, oh, I can take these chances and build something here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, now let's talk about love language. So this question is from Megan. Hi, Megan. Um, What are Thorne and Cress's love languages? Um, 
So I wish my former co-host Ab- uh, Ashley was here because she's big on love languages yeah. and she knows them so well. Um, I would say 1,000% Cress is words of affirmation. Yep. Yes, she, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> she means it so much, so much. Um, Thorne, I would probably say touch. I said the same thing. I think yeah, <laughs> I think you're both right. Cress needs to be told. She needs to be appreciated and let know. Well, that's also how she gets to live out like tiny portions exactly. of those net drama fantasies is that, you know, like, yes, please. And people who need the words of affirmation, like it's great when they get a person who can reciprocate. Like I'm a words person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can literally text my husband right now and be like, I'm having a bad day. I need words. Aww. And he'll literally text me back like, you're great at this or you're really uh, pretty or I love awesome. you for this or or you want me to bring home ice cream? Like, yeah. <laughs> <ice> cream. <laughs> Always <laughs> bring home ice cream. Hell that should yes. be a given. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think this goes back to one of the earlier questions, you know, like that's something the two of them will learn about each other as they go mm-hmm. on. And Thorne will learn how to. Uh, constantly provide her with that reassurance that he loves and adores her. And I don't think Cress has any problem with hugs and kisses oh, and cuddling. Oh, no, definitely no. not. <laughs> I think I think Thorne is a secret cuddler. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. All right, Devin? But, oh, but I'd agree. I think Cress is definitely words of affirmation. Maybe also sometimes acts of service. Like you do something nice for me or like... Um, something heroic. I, yeah, like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Captain is physical touch and i think also quality time he just appreciates being in the moment with people yeah um, i could see that although, especially after all that alone time we had in the desert that's when think, he really connected with her yeah. exactly i don't think it's at first his natural it's not his natural love language but i think it builds upon him as he spends more time with her he's like oh i actually do like spending time with this crazy mm-hmm. girl <laughs> that's, i think that's perfect yeah so, Stephanie, do you have anything else to add? Just that. You you said everything that I was going nice. to say, essentially. <laughs> Sweet. All right, we're going to dive Everybody's in. on the same page. I love Woo. it. Yes. We're going to dive into our second to last, our penultimate one. Mm-hmm. This one dives away from Crescent Thorn. But maybe. Maybe. It is true. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Lunar Chronicles ship? I have, like, kind of a convoluted, controversial answer. Oh, tell us. Um... Prior to doing the podcast, I was going to die on a Cresswell Hill. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> doing the podcast, God, I love Wolflet so much. Yep. The level of devotion Wolf has for her, like, that's the net drama mm. Cress wants. Mm. Like, he practically dies over this girl he yep. barely knows getting captured. And then he just spends every waking second that he's separated from her. And he's in, like, physical agony. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I put Scarlet and Wolf. Um, like, I, I, yes. I'm a sucker for the dark, angsty dude. Like, Devin knows it. I, <laughs> the Beauty and the Beauty Beast. Beauty and the Beast. We have Pride and Prejudice. Like, oh, oh when you yes. can't figure out what they're feeling and they're angry, but they're also like, I love you so much. I. But you bring out the good in them and you you make them realize they're yes. great guys. And Scarlet like, yes. kicks ass. So, like, I just. I love Scarlet. I. I mm. Scarlet is probably the only one that doesn't tolerate any of his oh, shit. No. Well, she doesn't tolerate anybody. That's but... what I love. Like, it's just a person. <laughs> I don't think anybody else could have pulled Wolf away like yes. that. Yeah. And I'll throw in a little bit of appreciation for Winter and uh, Jason. Jason. Yes. I forget, Jason, of, yeah. I forget his name. For some reason, I think of the three main couples, and I forget about the two of them. But 
Because we only get one half of a book with him, I really. Know. Right. You know? But I really like Winter, too. Like, that's another character that I could go on about. But, Devin, who is your couple? This one's hard. Oh, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, depending on the day, it's definitely a toss-up between Cresswell and Wolflet, like you guys. So, yeah. Um, I <laughs> Poor love Cinder the... and Kai. Yeah, I know. I, think, I mean, they're great. I think Marissa they're said strong. her favorite was Kyder. Really? So, oh, really? I mean, if anybody's, if anybody's gonna give them credit, there you go. Like, they've got they the, the queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like you said, I and I, re- I specifically remember driving down, listening to the audiobook to your pla- to that. Like I was visiting Stephanie, and mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is great. This is great. Yes, I approve of this. <laughs> so like, I, change it to Max. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love um, Scarlet. She's just very. She, both of them are very angsty, mm-hmm. um, and they don't take any crap for anybody. Um, I just love both of their compassion for each other, and um, he cares so much about what she does, and he cares, so, and she cares so much about like his background and who what makes him who he is and i think that's really cool yep especially the part like in the end when um when he's gone through the procedure and he's been altered and he's he's terrified and she's like i missed you so much i didn't even notice Mm, so and it's like oh your heart just melts for that yep Mm -hmm. truly okay taking us home with the final question which i don't think there's much of a question here (laughs) But yes, <laughs> do we ship it? Absolutely. Duh. Is there ever a no to that answer? So yes, Never. we've talked about. Oh, you mean in this case? I was going to say we've talked about some shady couples. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, you know what? A big one that people ship that I do not ship is Lori and uh, Joe. So that's fair. Lori and Joe. <laughs> no, oh, we talked about that. I'm Lori and Amy all the way. You know what? I remember you commenting on our post. Yes. I remember I listened to that episode and I was like, you better She was talk mad. Yet. She was mad. <laughs> Listen, okay, Devin. It's like, Abe, I will die on Devin and Amy. I agreed about Wuthering Heights. I think that's one of the only times <laughs> Devin and I totally agreed about not shipping a couple. And I feel like there have been wow. a couple. A couple? I don't well, remember. The first I, I one I remember one was sure. Wuthering Heights because they're a little bit creepy. But in yeah, this case, <laughs> Marissa knows what she's doing and she yes. put together some great couples here. So There's no toxic. Nope. Well, I mean, there is in Ferris, but like Ferris is like a bad dream that we try to push out of our lives <laughs> yep. after we experience yep. it. Um, but other than like Lavana and Everett, none of these relationships are what I would consider toxic. toxic. Yep. Right. For sure. So it makes all of them kind of um, kind of beautiful and, and desirable in that way. For yeah. sure. For sure. Okay. Well, there you have it. Our thoughts on Crescent Thorn. <laughs> Bethany, do you have anything else you want to add before I go into guest comments? Can I ask a question? Sure. Sure. Do you guys have a favorite ship like in the world? Like oh. in all oh. in all facets, like all of your literary experiences, oh can you be like, this is the best one? Devin. Damn I it. always panic over this question he because, <laughs> because I oh, can't tough. decide. I'm such a it's hard. I'm really bad at deciding anything. It's hard for me to admit it because I think 
when I admit it, you'll notice that it's probably a toxic romance. But oh, I know what you're just going to be. I know what you're saying. <laughs> My favorite couple. Oh, I love it. My favorite couple is Jane and Rochester. Yep, there it is. There it is, everybody. Jane <laughs> and they're so bad for each other. It's just one of my like guilty pleasures. I also really love Ron and Hermione from Harry Potter. I was a Harry Potter girl growing up. Um, but a lot of people also think that's a controversial opinion. So a lot of my favorite. Yeah, I disagree with those people. See? <laughs> yes, because I I love Harry and Ginny. So Harry, Harry and Ginny can't are end good. up with anybody else. Yeah, no, no, Harry and Ginny all the way. But Ron and Hermione, yes. you know, and and that's the thing. People people don't like Ron and Hermione very much. They think that he's not a great. They're guy. wrong. Yeah, yeah. they're wrong. <laughs> yep. But Devin, you got to an answer now too. I don't remember what I. Well, let's just. Just name a couple that come to your mind when you hear that question. You don't have to pick a favorite. Just a couple. That He's come like, to your there's mind. a lot of pressure. Oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Mine would probably change depending on the day of the week. Oh so. yeah, what yeah. would you say? Well, like right now, I'm obsessed with Vampire Academy. So Rose okay. and Dimitri. Fair, fair. I have, but like two months that. ago, I read the Bloodline, the Bloodline series, and I was like, Adrian and Sydney are performers. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it it really depends on what I'm currently in the mood to read or something. I think if I had, if there was a hill I had to die on, it's Darcy and Elizabeth. Yeah. You know what? Yes, I will second that because they are amazing, and that's one of my favorite. They're like the official. I mean, they have all the elements. They have, they have friends to lovers. They have the really, really, really slow burn. They have enemies <laughs> to lovers. Like there is just so many wonderful like tropes in their relationships. Yeah. And what's great is that she was the first author to do that because it was like two hundred years yeah. ago, and we're still recycling. I those took an tropes. entire. Yep, That's how amazing they I are. I took an entire class on Jane Austen in college, and we read everything that she's ever written, and it was just like, oh, she's great. She is a romantic queen. But Devin, you mm. still haven't answered. I know, guys. I'm sorry. Does it Hi, have to puppy. come from a book? I don't know. Can I ask Devin? Are you are you in a relationship? I am not. Nope. <laughs> okay. Do you have a celebrity crush? That can be your ship. Oh. Uh, when I was younger, it was always Anne Hathaway. And Anne I, I mentioned Hathaway. that prior. Yeah, I mentioned that prior. Right? What a classic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just like her natural beauty so but we're anyways. shipping devin and ann hathaway ann hathaway That's- is that what's okay, happening here if you love ann hathaway it can be ann hathaway and chris pine and princess Diaries true too, which is the cheesiest them. most adorable romantic comedy it in the really world, is. And i love it every minute good. princess of it. diaries is amazing but oh yeah the books are also my lifeline yes. oh very nice <laughs> okay all right well, there so we have we're it. We're going to jump into comments, right? Yes, yes, yes. Comments. So, our first comment that we have is from Megan, and she says, I absolutely love these two. Their romance has so much suspense as readers watch them fall in love in the midst of chaos. When we finally see them admit their love, it is so sweet in all caps, so sweet and passionate. It fits them so well. <laughs> thank you, awesome. Megan. Yes, thank you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks for saying that. That could be a quote on a bookmark. It It should be. It should be. (laughs) Our next comment is from Victoria, and she says, they are my ultimate OTP, one true pair. Um, They have my whole heart. They're such opposites and yet perfect. I absolutely love how their relationship is just so natural. Like, it just forms, and it doesn't feel forced. And the fact that their personalities are such opposites makes for such hilarious content, but they're True. both such equally strong characters. 
I love how Thorne comes to rely on Cress even before he admits that he loves her. Also, the fact that Cress admits from the very beginning that she's completely in love with him is just so perfect. <laughs> and yep. so unlike why a um, oh any YA relationship, excuse me. I could go on, but I'll stop because I have no idea if this makes sense. <laughs> we love it. That's amazing. Thank you for the me rant. when I answer any questions. Yes. Yeah, right? yes. We appreciate all the rants around these parts. Yes, so we do. Thank you for ranting for us. And yep. thank you. Thank the stars for Bethany for joining Aww. us. Thank you for having me. I love, I'm seriously, I'm a hopeless romantic. And I've said before <laughs> that Cress. Well, I actually just found out I shouldn't say this, so I apologize, but I used to say that Cress was my spirit animal, because <laughs> other than technology, like, that girl is me to a description. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. I literally, like, text my husband. I'm like, I need you to be romantic. Say nice things to me. Go. Like, yep. I am 100% a hopeless romantic, so this was a wonderful episode to oh, guest on. I'm so glad that it. you could join for it. Um, we really did. We had such a blast. I love talking with all of the other podcasters out there because we're just like a little family on instagram you know i love it so much i don't think people realize like how great it is when other podcasters support Support each other Mm -hmm. yeah it's my favorite it's very like validating it Mm -hmm. is it is but support throwing out some love to all the podcasters out there we love you and we're going to be commenting Mm -hmm. or devin's going to be commenting on all your things because devin's better (laughs) than i am <laughs> but thank you so much. If anyone is interested in sending future comments in or joining for a future show, please reach out to us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media. Yes, yes, yes. And if you are feeling generous, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. We'd love to hear how we are doing and we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. So thank you for listening. We love you, shippers. And remember, maybe there isn't a such thing as fate. Maybe it's just the opportunities we're given and what we do with them. Have a good day. Bye, guys. Bye.